Coming up today, the New Zealand Breakers make it three in a row and Zylan Cheetham returns in a big way in the fourth quarter. We talk about their win last night over the Brisbane Bullets. The way that the standings look right now, it is anyone's game. We try and make sense of that. The Adelaide 36ers and Sunday Detch. And a shout-out to Dwight Reef. That's all coming up on NBL Now. It is December the 28th. Great to have your company. Hope you're still enjoying your Christmas and your New Year period. I'm Jack Heverin alongside Peter Hawley. And Hawes, let's go straight to the New Zealand Breakers. Three in a row after their win in Brisbane last night. Things are starting to happen for Modi Mayor's men. Well, they are. And they're getting wins, which is obviously the most important thing, thing with how slow they started. But they're starting to figure out their roles. All these pieces are coming back. Their health is starting uh, to get there and they're starting to have that continuity rollover, things are starting to look up for them. And it's still a big if because they've got to prove they can stay healthy for a sustained period of time. But you look at this roster and now that they've added Anthony Lamb halfway through the season, he's going to finish out the year. Their top-end talent is some of the best, if not the best in the league. Combine that with role players who are doing their thing at the right time. And if they get to the six, which they're on the trajectory to do so, as I said a couple of weeks ago, it might have been last week, they're going to do some damage. They have some legit talent and they have an unbelievable coach. And if they can ride this out, stay healthy and just get everybody's roles figured out by the time the business end of the season comes around, you do not want to play the New Zealand Breakers. You look down their roster, Pete, which is kind of what we spoke about preseason about the Breakers, albeit they didn't have Anthony Lamb at this stage. But to me, it was really obvious last night against the Brisbane Bullets that Modi Mayor had options, which he hasn't had all season long. But last night, he had different options and different looks that he could throw at the Bullets, and they all worked. Exactly right. And it's going to be funky. There's going to be different times where maybe players don't play as much as they had in the game previously. And I think we're starting to see that depth is going to make its way into the fray and, and really help them down the stretch of the season because tough decisions will have to be made at times, just like those de- deep teams around. You look at Melbourne United, probably one of the other deepest teams in the league. You've got to make tough decisions at times with who closes the game, who starts the game, who doesn't play as many minutes. And Modi Mayo uh, now has that luxury of figuring out, okay, I've got all these different pieces. This is the current team we're playing. We're in a dogfight for 40 minutes with this team. These are the five I think can close the game. This is what I'm going to roll with. And Zylan Cheatham being back, we just saw some glimpses of what we've missed. It, I feel like we haven't seen him for years. It's been that long. Uh, excited to see him back. Will McDowell-White and him linking up well. And maybe that's kind of the way that Modi Mayo looks to go forward is, I've got this starting unit. Because Mantis Rubstavich's is looking unbelievable as the next star in that yep. starting unit. The Modi Mayo just thinking, okay, I'm going to go with Will McDowell-White and Cheatham as my two guys off the bench, and they're just going to link up with each other for the rest of the season. And when the stars come out for a quick breather, there's no drop-off because these two superstars come in. They're going to have a two-man game. We're going to put them around shooters, and they're going to get some big wins. Cheatham playing at the five in the fourth quarter was really interesting too, Pete. That just that seemed to... Give them, again, that those options that we were talking about. That seemed to change the way that they played down the stretch. Yeah, the options are endless, really, because of... I mean, you look around the league and you look around those teams at the top end. Besides maybe Joe Luala-Chul and, and Ariel Hook-Porty, even Keanu Pinder to a degree, Cheatham can match up on these guys and you can kind of play small ball and just try and beat everybody with the athleticism and the versatility they have around Anthony Lamb. 
and Cheatham can just switch everything uh, in that big man department. And I think they can get a lot of wins and lot, be a lot of disruption that way as well. So Motomayor, all of a sudden, everyone's come back at the same time and he's got to try and figure it all out. But he's an unbelievable coach and I'm sure he can do that. So speaking of trying to figure it, figure it all out, let's try and figure out the Mitsubishi Motors ladder as it stands right now. It's it's impossible to figure out. Outside of Melbourne, who are the best part of four games clear on top of the table, Perth and Tasmania, 10 wins each. Sydney and Southeast Melbourne, nine wins each. That takes care of the top five. Cairns, eight wins. New Zealand, seven wins. Brisbane, seven wins. Illawarra, six wins. Even Adelaide, it's not completely over for Adelaide yet at five wins. It is the most unbelievable thing we've seen for some time, where I think effectively Adelaide in last are closer to Perth in second than Perth are to Melbourne in first, which is absurd. (laughs) You've got the last team, I think it's four games out of the second spot, and then Perth are four and a half games away from Melbourne or or the other way around. And uh, It's a good thing because we're going to have all these games mean so much down the stretch, the fight to get to the top six and and also Perth, that fight to hold on to second spot. Tasmania dropping a few recently means that Perth can try and get a stranglehold on that second spot and avoid the play-in tournament altogether. But what it also means, Jack, we saw it last year. United missed out on the top six by a single bucket over the course of the season with percentage. Percentage is going to come into this again. So maybe not for a team like New Zealand and Illawarra where they started so poorly that it just means they have to win every single game, doesn't matter how it looks. Just try and get those wins to get into the fray. But every other team, percentage is going to matter whether you want to hold on to your place in the top six or you want a home play-in tournament game or you want to get second spot sewn up. So we're going to see every single possession matter right down to the final siren, and that's what we love here in the NBL. And I can't wait to see what team manages to get in there because of a bucket or two, and then, geez, the heartbreak for a team that's going to miss out. It happens every year, and it looks like it's going to happen again. And the Breakers and the Illawarra Hawks are coming over the hill fast at everyone else, which is going to be fascinating. The next... The next two or three weeks, Pete, in particular, to sort of start January, you're going to have Melbourne on the road a lot. You're going to have Perth on the road a lot as well. So there's some vulnerability there for those teams potentially, but they've been very, very good. And then Illawarra and, and New Zealand are kind of playing with this carefree attitude now where they it's, it almost feels as though they haven't got much to lose. And it's fun to watch. And it also means that those top teams you mentioned are going on the road every game as, as it always is, but even more so every game you're going to have a target on your back because there isn't, as you said, Adelaide is bottom right now, but the season's not completely over and done with. If you just keep piling up wins like the Hawks and, and the Breakers are showing, anything can happen because everyone else keeps falling around. We don't have a breakaway pack. Right now we have a breakaway single team. And everybody else is fighting in the middle of the pack and it's just really good for the league and it also means every game becomes that much more important. No one's shutting up shop just yet. And to be trying to put together who's going to be the top five teams outside uh, of where Melbourne United sit, it's hard to say. Perth look like they're the second best team in the league right now. We're still waiting on news for Tasmania and Will Magne. What's happening with Sydney? There's just so many questions left unanswered, but that's why we've still got plenty of games to play. So speaking of the Adelaide 36ers, we'll see them tonight in action against the Perth Wildcats. You'll be in commentary for that one, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Saving Times, but of course, always check your local guides. One thing about this Adelaide team that I think a lot of people have struggled to work out this season, and regardless of whether it was CJ Bruton coaching or even Scott Ninnis coming in in an interim capacity, Pete, is Sunday Detch. His minutes are well down. His role has been dramatically diminished. 
And he looks like a man who's lost all of his confidence. What's going on? What's happened this year with Sunday Detch? Well, they've got a logjam in those guard spots, don't they? And again, they're trying to figure out uh, exactly what they want to play, how they want to play uh, now under Scott Ninnis, which is a lot different to what CJ Bruton was rolling around. Uh, and Sunday Detch has fallen right out of that rotation. And again, Nick Marshall, someone we thought coming into the season, this was going to be his breakout year. And we've, we've seen him only in spurts as well. So uh, there's still a lot of questions there. There's no doubt about that. But I'm so intrigued about tonight's game because you mentioned Sunday Detch. Sunday Detch historically has been the one they've sent to Bryce Cotton and especially at the Adelaide Entertainment yep. Centre. And he's done a very good job. It, it's, it's hard to kind of shut Bryce out. You just can't do it. A lot of the times you... How you defend Bryce, how you get a win over Bryce is you make life hard for him and you pray. That's all you can do at times. You just try and make life hard and then you close your eyes and say a little prayer and hope that he misses. And Sunday Detch has been really good in that role. So I'm wondering whether Scott Ninnis has to kind of think, I know he's out of the rotation, but he's that guy right now that we need to go against Bryce Cotton to wear Bryce Cotton down. They've been four games on the road. They've been a massive road trip. They've been all over the country, the Wildcats. They're going to come in a little tired, even though they played a lot more guys up in Cairns. And that's the one thing, if I'm thinking, sitting back, how do they try and get that win? One is to shut down Bryce. It's two is trying to wear down the team. And I think that's going to have to involve Sunday Detch, and I'll be shocked if it doesn't. What happens from this season on, I'm not sure. I, I'm really envisioning this is going to be a similar situation to what we saw with the Wildcats and Todd Blanchfield and Mitch Norton, where... Yeah. Both parties come together and say, just not working out for us. We're not happy. Uh, Sunday Detch isn't happy. You're too good of a player to be right in the bench right now. Or any other team would be lucky to have you. Let's come to some sort of agreement. Let's find you a, a happier place to be at where you can produce. And then uh, we'll shake hands and say no harm done and we'll move on from there. Yeah, I agree. It, it's got the feeling that that's the way it's headed. But there could be a role for him tonight, as you mentioned, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. To the southeast Melbourne Phoenix, and, and firstly, what started as a tweet from one of their owners, Nick Kyrgios, about Andrew Gaze and some perceived um, bias or, or a, a negativity towards the southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Drew, Andrew Gaze responded yesterday, as always, with class and handled it correctly. You won't find a person with higher integrity that I've met, to be honest, than Andrew Gaze. So, uh, Drewy doesn't need us to speak for him. I think he handled it really, really appropriately yesterday, other than to say that I was involved in that game as well. And I, I think any, any suggestion that there wasn't the right love shown to Southeast Melbourne is just a mile off. My, my thing with that, Pete, though, is that, and I know that Mitch Creek had some things to say too, they had lost their last three games by a combined total of 75 points. There's no other way to dress that up, is there? You've got to, that criticism is warranted. I think that I've been in this, I think, four and a half years now, and I'm starting to understand that uh, you're not going to be everybody's favorite. There's going to be criticism that comes along with with being in the role you're in. But you're right, I looked at that, and then Alan Williams had some choice things to say to uh, me, sidelined down at the game uh, in Tasmania. And again, gutsy win, just an unbelievable win against all odds. And I, I keep saying it, I don't think anybody outside of the Phoenix locker room the Phoenix family members and all of that gave them a chance because of what you just said. They they looked really poor in the games leading up to it. Yes, they were under man, but they still di- didn't show up as a whole. A couple of players stood up here and there, but as a unit, they just didn't show up uh, at all in those previous games. So it was really hard to have any confidence on them whatsoever, but that takes nothing away from the fact that they turned around and, and showed everybody what a little fight can do, and it was just a really good thing. And it's a character-building type win. And on the flip side of it, yeah. everyone else who who 
kind of gave them no chance of sitting there thinking, well, where was that for the last three games? You've still, you're still missing your franchise player. He's not out there, one of the MVP candidates, but you're still just dug deep. Other players stepped up. Everybody just said, you know what, we're going to scrap and claw. We, it doesn't matter if it's ugly. We're just going to really get down to the nitty-gritty and we're going to come away with this win. And that's exactly what they did. And to be honest, if it takes a couple of people saying that losing by 70 points over three games isn't good enough and they perform like that, I'll keep saying it because I like seeing that win in Tasmania. That's hard to do. And it was a massive win for the club. It is what it is. If you're going to put your hand out for a high five when things are going well, you've got to put your head up when uh, when things aren't going well as well. But as we say, full credit to South East Melbourne. That win on Christmas Day was one of the best wins of the season, I think, for any team. So well done to them. Their challenge will be to repeat that next time around. Let's finish up with Dewop Reith and a little shout out here. 25 and 9 yesterday. All of a sudden, the Grim Reether is looking very comfortable in the association. He might also have the mo- the best nicknames. In the league, the Grim Reef, that's one. I think that's, uh, what is it, the Great Barrier Reef they're throwing around there as well. Uh, that, <laughs> I think that was made up from, from one of our own, but uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised with this whatsoever. I saw him in Summer League in Vegas. I mean, we've seen what he can do. As a five-man, the fact that you can step out and shoot the three so efficiently just makes him uh, so uh, so versatile in, in the NBA. And uh, it was all about just getting his consistent opportunity. Where could he find that? I thought landing in Portland was perfect for him. Uh, he was outstanding in his summer league opportunities. Once a couple of injuries happened, I mean, Rob Williams, they traded for Rob Williams, which effectively put him uh, do a brief to the G League. And I thought that was really unlucky because I thought, maybe not to this production, but I thought he could have been a legit backup center in the NBA. And I think now he's proved that as a two-way mm. player. And uh, I can't envision him playing too many G League games going forward because this is just fun to watch and uh, it's great for Paris. The eyes to Paris is exactly what we need is that kind of confidence rolling around from our NBA talent. We certainly do. Well done to to what? Well done to you, Pete. Big episode this morning. We'll see you tonight for the 36ers and the Wildcats. Thank you, mate. Thanks for being with us on NBL Now. We, of course, are back tomorrow.